welcome to this MLAX podcast. I'm senior correspondent Laurel Henning, coming to you from Sydney, and joining me for today's podcast is Australasian managing editor James Paniki, who's in Melbourne. Hi, James. Hello, Laurel. James, it's been quite a month for merger law in Australia. We've seen the country's competition regulator oppose what would have been an historical 15 billion Australian dollar merger between Vodafone Hutchison Australia and homegrown telecom company TPG, something our listeners can hear more about in our last podcast from Australia, actually. And that decision has now landed the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission in federal court, with the companies appealing against its decision. But just days after that decision on Vodafone TPG, the ACCC lost a landmark court case where rail transport company Pacific National won its court battle against the regulator in a dispute over its acquisition of Acacia Ridge Terminal. It's something you've been following really closely. So let's throw into the mix as well ongoing discussions to review M&A laws just for the digital industry. And there's quite a bit going on. It's not all good news for the ACCC. James, tell us a little bit about Pacific National and why that was such an important case for the ACCC. Well, it's important because the ACCC has had a few worrying defeats in court that go to the uh, regulator's ability to block mergers and acquisitions. Last month's Pacific National case was just the latest of these defeats. And of course, uh, I mean, it's it's got a long way to go in the sense that we're assuming that the ACCC will appeal this decision so it could go all the way to the to the High Court, which is the Supreme Court of Australia. And we should also point out that the judge ruling on the matter did make uh, comments that would offer some encouragement to the ACCC in its pursuit of this matter. That said, though, I mean, as things stand, the Federal Court of Australia has indeed overruled the ACCC on on a key M&A case that the regulator really couldn't afford uh, to lose. And this is playing out against a backdrop in which, as you just mentioned now, um, there was the decision to oppose the merger between TPG and Vodafone Hutchison Australia. That decision has also been impugned in the federal court. Uh, in fact, I was at uh, a preliminary hearing on the TBG matter just, uh, when was it, last week. So the ACCC's power to block a merger is clearly under pressure on different fronts here. We've talked about the Pacific National case before, but just walk me through the key points. Okay, sure. Now, Horizon and Pacific National are two freight train operators in the northeastern Australian state of Queensland. In 2017, Horizon announced that it was leaving the intermodal freight business. Now, intermodal simply refers to containers or vehicles that use uh, different modes of transportation. So containers going from ship to truck or from truck to rail, from uh, rail to rail. Now, Horizon's uh, intermodal assets in Queensland were losing money. Uh, so it uh, signed the company signed a deal with Pacific National, which was at the time and remains a close competitor for the acquisition of its assets, its intermodal assets. Among those assets is Acacia Ridge Terminal, which is an intermodal facility in the city of Brisbane. Uh, it's particularly valuable because it's the only piece of infrastructure that connects the standard gauge used in most of Eastern Australia and the narrow gauged railways used in the state of Queensland. This was one of the the many quirks of Australian history (laughs) where before Federation in 1901, different colonies used different rail standards, which led to great immense upheaval for anyone wanting to cross a state border. And in a way, we're still dealing with the 
the, the, the competition implications of, of that particular legacy today. Within this specific deal. That's that's really interesting. Okay, so the ACCC opposed the deal, saying it would harm comp- competition in freight rail, which of course is particularly important because of the mining industry in Queensland. And so the ACCC ignores Horizon's claims that without the Pacific National deal, it would be forced to simply close down many of its intermodal assets. And the ACCC is partly vindicated in that decision, am I correct? Because um, there's a third party now on the scene. Yeah, that's right. So Lynn Fox, which is a, a well-known Australian logistics company, comes in and buys up uh, most of Horizon's intermodal assets for $7.3 million Australian dollars. The ACCC at this point jumps with joy, sends out all sorts of press releases, celebratory pr- press releases saying that, uh, well, essentially it's just reiterating its usual message that you can't trust a word that merging companies say ahead of a deal. They'll say anything they need to say. They'll offer any assurances just to get the deal over the line. Uh, And in in a way, we're seeing uh, the the same argument um, on that front being put forward by the ACCC in the context of the TPG Vodafone deal. But uh, Acacia Ridge Terminal is a key piece of infrastructure. It remains in play. Uh, the ACCC takes action in the federal court to block the merger. Um, there are some ancillary competition issues relating to uh, the deal that was signed between Horizon and Pacific National ahead ahead of the uh, the proposed merger. Uh, we followed the court hearings here in Melbourne in excruciating detail on this. So if any of our subscribers actually care enough, it's all there in the case file. But at the end of it, the competition arguments didn't go very far. And this is really just boiled down to an M&A decision. The ACCC uh, had been concerned that if Pacific National were to take ownership, were to take control of uh, Acacia Ridge Terminal, it would be able to hinder uh, the operations of competitors who who need access to the terminal, obviously, because they have no choice. It's the only terminal. Uh, it could also put barriers, uh, put in barriers to entry. So there'd be many ways in which it could discriminate uh, against its competitors. So rather focusing on the, the markets, the ACCC's assessment of competition here is really specifically linked to this deal. Yes, yes, uh, very much so. And mm-hmm. so it is a specific assessment, but the implications of it losing this deal, I think, transcend the, uh, the, the the ultimate outcome of the of the court case. And the judge in the case, Jonathan Beach, appeared to agree with the ACCC. He found that indeed there would be a substantial lessening of competition if Pacific National were to acquire Acacia Ridge Terminal. But ultimately, he said that he was happy with the last minute undertakings put forward by Pacific National. So he bought what the company said, where the ACCC yep. didn't. Um, and he said on the basis of those undertakings, he had no choice but to waive the deal through. Yeah, well, well, that's right. And so there was some comfort there for the ACCC. But at the same time, I'm sure it would have uh, driven those officials working on the case to despair. Because, I mean, the one message the regulator in recent times has been trying to get across is that any legal assurance offered by the parties isn't worth the paper it's written on. They're difficult to enforce. Circumstances might change that could make those undertakings obsolete. The only thing that can guarantee competition in these circumstances, according to the ACCC, is a a structural, an ownership arrangement that locks in uh, competitive arrangements. So it's really this issue of undertakings where, um, if I've understood you correctly, James, where the ACCC and the judges just don't see eye to eye. Yes, I, I'm suspecting that there might be some cultural differences at play here. I mean, judges are used to dealing with legal agreements, uh, enforcing those legal agreements, whereas the ACCC comes into this from the perspective of, of um, as you would expect from a competition regulator, of ownership arrangements, market share. It clearly has little faith in legal undertakings. So it's the lawyers of the court on one hand versus the economists, and there and seems to be clashing on this kind of cultural issue. 
I mean, obviously, I'd be surprised if this were not to return to a full bench of the federal court for an appeal. And I, I think we can safely assume that that will, will happen. But more importantly, this whole discussion about whether the ACCC is losing its ability to enforce decisions on M&A has really become the focus of this, of this discussion. Uh, the ACCC has had a couple of decisions overturned by the courts and tribunals. There was the 2017 Tab Corp and TATS merger. Uh, that was about to be opposed by the ACCC before the parties decided to simply take the matter to the Australian Competition Tribunal, which was possible um, back then, but um, now legislation has changed, so they can't do that. Then there was the AGL Macquarie power generation decision back in 2014, which, as you well know, Laurel, um, was overturned in court. Mm. That's a festering sore uh, as far as the age of They bring that up concerned. very often, which we've also that, talked about in, in pre, because now we're talking about it all the time as well. We've brought that up in, in other podcasts as well. And I think it seems that the ACCC has just lost more court cases than it's won at federal court when it comes to these decisions, to the extent that, just to come full circle, when the Pacific National decision was handed down, Everyone was watching that. All media outlets were watching that. And the, and the criticism leveled at the ACCC following that judgment was, was pretty scathing, really. Yes, I, I'm always surprised um, by that, uh, just in the sense that um, I think many of the, the media and the newspapers in Australia tend to uh, be reasonably uh, close to business. And the, the whole notion that the, the ACCC is choosing winners when it makes uh, its uh, competition assessments with um, with regards to M&A is something that the ACCC obviously would, would reject, but it has been that notion of an ACCC which is trying to you know pick winners for the future is something that the media in Australia has certainly embraced. Um, there's the, the additional thing is that the ACCC's struggle to enforce M&A decisions is now uh, uh, likely to become even more topical because um, we're approaching the publication of the Digital Platforms Inquiry final report at the end of this month. Uh, That is also likely to highlight what the ACCC considers the limitations of its ability to successfully overturn a deal, to to successfully oppose a deal, Uh, not because there's anything wrong with competition laws as they now stand, but because judges don't share the ACCC's forward-looking approach to assessing these deals. Yeah, they're not sort of singing from the same hymn sheet, as it were. Um, And as part of the ACCC's ongoing inquiry into how the rise of digital platforms, Facebook, Google, has affected competition in the media and advertising industries, in its preliminary report published in December, the ACCC did talk about changing M&A rules when it comes to large digital platforms. Yeah, well, I mean, let's tease that out. What what exactly is being proposed on that front? So it's in the first two recommendations of the preliminary report from, from December. So first of all, the fact that it's number one and two, I think, shows the weight that the ACCC is probably giving to this issue. Um, but just to sort of explain it in detail, um, the recommendations are that, firstly, the likelihood that an acquisition would result in the removal of a potential competitor and that the amount and nature of data which the acquirer would likely have access to as a result of the acquisition. Um, So in light of those things, to ask large digital platforms such as Facebook and Google to provide advance notice of the acquisition of any business with activities in Australia and to provide sufficient time to enable a thorough review of the likely competitive effects of the proposed acquisition. So first of all, additional things to consider. And second of all, um, sort of additional time to be given to consider these deals. And and what has been the response? What are people saying about those recommendations? Uh, they haven't been warmly received by industry <laughs> at either end of the scale, actually. Um, so I think you'd 
you'd automatically expect that giants like Facebook wouldn't like the idea that merger laws would be carved out specifically for them. Um, but also smaller companies, startups, are worried it would make life harder for them as well. But, but harder in, in, in what sense? Well, I spoke to the CEO of an industry group called Startup Australia about this, Startup Oz, um, Alex McCauley, and he actually gave me a quote, uh, which I'll share with you now. He said, in tech, acquisitions form a crucial part of the landscape. If companies can't get bought, they won't get started. Entrepreneurs whose companies are acquired often use that capital injection to go on to build businesses which generate incredible competitive forces. He said big tech players are certainly capable of engaging in anti-competitive behaviour, but for startup founders, acquisition is in a totally different and much more desirable bucket. So for a a startup, the whole point is to get bought. So what do you do if that becomes harder than it already is, especially in a country like Australia with tough and increasingly toughening foreign investment laws? Yes, in fact, the the foreign investment laws are getting much uh, tougher now, and we've chronicled that um, quite separately. Uh, the, the, The argument being put forward by the ACCC is that the platform's are using these deals to preemptively acquire a, a company before it becomes a rival. So that is the logic as seen by the ACCC. And the, the Facebook acquisition of Instagram in 2012 for $1 billion US dollars is put forward as an example of how you could preemptively uh, block or get rid of a rival uh, this is the the so-called ex-ante issue which we've talked about before. Absolutely. And even if these recommendations don't go much further, they're part of a bigger message that the ACCC is pushing this year, that the practice of buying out startups to stop them evolving into competitors, as you've said, should be viewed as problematic. The wording from the interim report would add three words, we've just discussed this, to current legislation to allow the ACCC to step in if an acquisition were to remove from the market a competitor or potential competitor. Those three words are the additional ones. In other words, the ACCC wants to spell out its right to intervene when a company's present day market share presents no objective challenge to competition. Again, this harks back to Sims' comments on Instagram, a company that had just 13 staff, no revenue when it was acquired by Facebook. He said earlier this year that while the impact of the Facebook-Instagram deal on competition would have been extremely difficult to predict, regulators still need to think about this kind of industry development when the acquisition of small arrivals is being considered. Though really, I mean, what the Australian regulator could have done on its own there to stop that deal I'm not sure. No, and, and and I think I think everyone agrees with that. That even if they'd been able to relive, you know, 2012 and Instagram, Facebook, even if it'd been raised as an issue here in Australia, there was probably even with the laws um, with the laws that we currently have in place, there's probably little that they could actually do to stop that. No, that would have required some sort of global coordination, I imagine, by regulators. But to circle back again on uh, those comments from Startup Oz, they would say hampering takeovers is probably a blunt instrument um, for tackling the anti-competitive behaviour of large tech companies. So they're not saying that these tech companies are necessarily competitive all of the time. They're just saying there's a different way of tackling that. They're two different issues. The takeover issue and the competition issue are separate, they say, um, and and they want a more sort of nuanced discussion than what I think Sims is saying. And, I mean, all of this is going to come to a head at the end of this month. As we said before, that's when the ACCC's final report on digital platforms will be released, the regulator's reflections on how best to manage the M&A process uh, will be uh, part of that final report. I don't think anyone's suggesting that the ACCC will be recommending substantial legislative 
changes on this front other than the, just the, the the couple of words that you mentioned before certainly i mean the interim report doesn't doesn't point to anything uh, major overhaul but it may be uh, urging uh, clearer guidelines to make it crystal clear to the judges that unless they um, can look not just at the current landscape but what the landscape is likely to look like further down the track then the ACCC won't be able to effectively regulate MA. and the pacific national case is part of that wider M&A context. So, yes, it is. Yeah, yep. with that whistle stop tour of M&A in Australia, James, <laughs> thanks so much for speaking with me today. Always a pleasure. Thank you. You can find links to stories on the topics we've discussed here today, wherever you found this podcast. And do subscribe to our podcast for the latest from our MLEX bureaus around the world. But for now, from James Paniki and me, Laurel Henning, goodbye. Goodbye.